Well, hi. Hi. Hey there. Hi. <laughs> hey there, Delilah. Long time no see. Hi. I feel like I haven't Long been on the podcast time. in like 17 years. You haven't. It's been a it's been a fucking month, guys. It's been a year. It has been a fucking year. It has been a year. It has. It has. Uh, but and it will really have. What? You go ahead. got. I was gonna say we only got one year or one year, one week, <laughs> one week until Anna Otis. <laughs> Never mind. Almost a year until twenty twenty four. That's true. A year and a week until 2024 Anahatas, but Holy we have one. Shit. It's your tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Start buying your tickets now for next year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Thanks, Mercury Retrograde. Thank you. Thanks, friend. It's pretty rude. Um, should I tell them about what I heard on the radio today? Yeah, you should. Let's, I think we, you let's, should. Let's give a little a little background. We're, yeah, if you guys don't know we're going to be doing a live show at the Poipus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Brought a lot laughs> of retirement um, nice. on the Friday at the Purpose. <laughs> so a week and a day and a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, <laughs> and you know, we like to. Last year we well, uh, these these two brought you. Why I am a cult leader, mm-hmm. and I Indeed. brought you Pepe Silva going deep into the the mysteries of the beak, and then this year we were like, all right, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And I was like, you know what? Maybe we should do like conspiracies or thoughts against astrology. Mm-hmm. And we've all decided that literally it's just people being like, it's not real. Like that's all that happens. So yeah. in my car today, getting ready to come back, put on NPR. And there's this astrologist. What was it? Astro- astrologer? Not an astrologer. A like a, st- a astrophysicist. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna blame it on Mercury. Astro- Astro- her name was Sabrina. Her name was Sabrina. <laughs> so, and they had her on there. And the one girl, or the one person, there was like two people on the radio station. The one guy's like, "Hey, I'm Alan, and I'm a Virgo." And then the other chick was like, "Yo, I'm this other chick, and I'm a Capricorn." And we got Sabrina on here, and y'all have heard about Mercury retrograde, and we're going to talk about it. And Sabrina, the astrophysicist, astrophysicist (laughs) uh, was like, yeah, it basically is just, you know, something that looks different in the sky. It's all about perspective and da-da-da-da-da. And uh, the chick, who is the Capricorn, was like, you know, I'm into this stuff. (laughs) So, like... Is there any bit of truth to it? And she was like, uh, pretty much like nothing that we have seen gives us any truth to it. But then the guy came in, the Virgo came in. Mm -hmm. And the Virgo was like, so nothing that we can detect. Yeah, that's what I, that's where my mind went too. That's funny. You know, so he like came in and like saved his Capricorn friend. Uh, and then they all just kind of laughed about it and that was it was like a five minute segment so either anyway we're not we're not going to cover that on our live show (laughs) but also just because i have to do this because my if i don't my insides are going to burst all western astrology is is our perception of the space of space from earth 
So yeah, Mercury may not Mm -hmm. actually be moving backwards in the sky, but it's based on our perception. And that's all that astrology is. It's the perception of the planets from Earth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, I believe we've talked about that. You can't tell me that Mercury retrograde is not real. You can't, you can't, you can't convince me. I mean, just my audio in the last episode two ago mm -hmm. alone. Mm -hmm. My audio in the interview that I had with Margot coming up after this is fuck is shit. Yeah. Also, I interviewed Leslie, who will also be on this episode as well. And we couldn't even record on Zencaster. We took us 25 minutes to find a platform that we can record on before we even record it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to find Sabrina's number, whoever that Sabrina is. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask them politely to fight me. <laughs> I like it. Fight me or fix my electronics. Mm-hmm. These are Did your they own. say what their zodiac sign was? No. Mm, of course. Of course not. Mm-mm. But I'm excited. I'm super excited about the topic that we will be covering. Me too. Yes. Let's talk about let's talk about the good things and not the Sabrina person. <laughs> no offense. There's gotta be something Sabrina. with no Sabrina's that we love. Yes. Do we? Th- no, I'm just kidding. Yes, she do. knows I love her. She knows. <laughs> somewhere deep down. Yes, in the pits it? of my soul. Somewhere. Trifling. The other Sabrina. Yeah. Coming at me with some you crazy bitch shit. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> you crazy. Yeah. Why don't you open up your mind, astrophysicist person? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> She's an astro ho of another kind. Wow, she's probably like the nicest person you've ever met. And she's just like, and we're all just like, you bitch ass bitch. (laughs) (laughs) She's fine. She's great. She gets it. We appreciate your input. Thank you. But you're wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, everybody's got an opinion. Everyone does have an opinion. And. An, an asshole. asshole. <laughs> and an asshole. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. No, in all seriousness, sorry, Sabrina. That I don't know. She doesn't listen to this. Probably not. <laughs> Definitely not. She's absolutely no. not no. listening no. to this. <laughs> <fucking podcast. laughs> uh, but I still don't want to put any, you know, bad things out. Somebody I don't even know. That's fair. If you're friends with Sabrina, the astrophysicist who is on NPR. In, in New Jersey. Tell her we're sorry. August sort of. 30th. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell her we're sorry. Uh, we're kind of sorry. Yeah. Th- tell sort her of. that Rachel said, thanks for the ha-has. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's man. good. I just wanted a little thank you. <laughs> thanks for the ha-has. Giving me something to ha about. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, they should have had somebody that was like for it though on there as well. well like one host was like, I read mine. She it was actually really funny at the end. I wish I remembered her name. She's a great host on, on it. Uh but she was like, you know, my horoscope today said that I was going to be getting some kind of message, and this is just not the message that I'm accepting. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's find her and get her on the podcast. We can probably find her. She's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all right, funny. So what mm-hmm. are we talking about? At should the we tell show? them? Or should we just, first of all, everyone bring your, your top three. Yeah. Your bring your big threes. We're doing the big three roasts again. We're going to roast your oasis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, every, I think we should leave everything else a surprise. We don't want to give it away. Super secret surprise. Yeah. How do we how do we give a hint without like even touching? It's going to involve conspiracies. Mm. Kind of, kind of, sort of. What what one may view as a conspiracy? It's going to involve. Could be real. Bitch, what? Hold on, I got a facilitator here. Let's do an interview real quick. <laughs> Come here, come here. I need to ask you a question. Oh, oh you're, I'm sorry, you're in the meeting. I'm recording the podcast. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> that was me barking. That's fine. I, uh, I, have a, I have a query for you. Okay. Did you listen to the last Jeremy and I did a podcast on the podcast? I did not. I asked about how... We're wondering how you and Spence started the primal screen because he brought it up to me at Anahad as like 28, 19. And then I was just like, that's a great idea. And then like never followed up with him about it. <laughs> and then you guys started actually doing it, which is great. Yeah. But how did it happen? So it happened because he made a post on Facebook and he was like, anybody want to come to Cooper River and scream with me? And I was like, what? Yes. And so I messaged him that day and I was like, yo, we should just like make an event and just like invite a bunch of people. And that's how it started. And then it just, it just like evolved into like what it is now where it it, it was like the the vulnerable, the vulnerability part wasn't actually in the beginning. It was just like, let's all just scream and like have fun, have fun. Yeah. And then it was like, wow, this is actually really cathartic. Great. And I feel great after it. And everybody else was like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. And so we're like, you know what? What do we what are we screaming about? Like what what is this? And and so that became the inception the of like, yeah, that was that's yeah, that's history. Cool. Wow. <laughs> Would you like to say your name for the kids at home? <laughs> Hi, kids at home. My name is Kimberly. And yeah, I do primal screams with Spencer and um we yeah, have the purpose. It's, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Obviously go to Anahata's purpose because if you don't, you're crazy. Right. Um, maybe not crazy in a bad way, but maybe in a crazy in a good way. I don't know. I don't know. I was going to say, if you also go to Anahata's, you might be a little crazy, but crazy in a good way. <laughs> That's true. You know, yeah, yeah. We, we don't, there's no good or bad crazy. I mean, there's just like layers. It's like a spectrum. It's onions. Crazy. It's yeah, onions of crazy. We're just a bunch of onions. I love the onion. Mm, mm-hmm. um, again, sorry to interrupt, That's but uh, I guess it was great timing. I guess. <laughs> bark bark. Yeah, um, I'm gonna take the dogs out. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Another facilitator <laughs> interview. Yeah. yeah, another facilitator interview. Real quick. Into the other ones that'll be added onto the end of the show nice cool so yeah so conspiracies <laughs> uh, big threes 
We're going to be promoting some of the classes that are going to be happening at Anahata's in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's pretty much it. You're going to be with us for like an hour and a half of just absolute insanity, like always. Bullshit. Absolute yeah. bullshit. Just an hour and a half of a bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it'll be live, so we're not cutting anything either. You're, you get to see it all. Yeah. You can count how many times I say like in a sentence. Same. <laughs> or um. <laughs> um uh... Take a drink of water every time. <laughs> be so hydrated. <laughs> You'll be so hydrated. So hydrated. Um, (laughs) i'm gonna do that too Mm -hmm. to myself i think that's pretty much it other than that we have the facility a couple of facilitator spotlight interviews after Mm -hmm. our little segment here but just because the three of us haven't been together in a while on the pod we wanted to just hop on and tell y'all that we love your faces Yes. Ooh, also I have exciting news. Oh yeah, share the news. Yes, you do. So we talk about my brother Patrick all the time on the show and his wife Katie. They just had a little baby. On August 29th. Uh she her name is Addison Jennifer. She's a Virgo sun, Aquarius Moon, Libra rising. And uh I'm just so excited to meet my little niece niece. She's so she's cute. She's like and a little the- dolly, just like chilling. <laughs> just hanging the- out in a little blankie, all snug as a bug. And the picture of Patrick holding her, every time I look at it, I cry because he just looks so happy and mm-hmm. I'm so happy for them. Same. And uh I'm just very, very excited about all of the good things. Yeah. Yes. There's so- just a baby that she had in there just a couple months ago when we saw her at the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now there's like a full ass baby. I a know. whole baby. A whole it's baby. So crazy. <laughs> the circle of life. Congratulations yeah. to Patrick and Katie. That's awesome. Congrats. I am a little upset though that the baby wasn't named Octavia after that. <laughs> yeah, that's a little I was a little sad, but that's okay. There's always a ch- chance for another one. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next one has to be named Octavia. Is there like octopus blankies? There is this amazing octopus stuffed animal that Mm. is the best, but it is sea themed. The the nursery, everything for the baby shower was sea themed and all that, and everything is fine. (laughs) We can forget the Octavia, yeah, kerfuffle. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of the word. A yeah. grievance, no. Kerfuffle is a good word. Kerfuffle is a good word, yeah. All right, so it is from right now, when this hits your ear holes, we Ooh. will be at Anahata's Purpose. <laughs> so next week's episode will not come out on Thursday. It'll either come out on Friday or Saturday, and that will be the episode of our live show. So for anybody that won't be there in person, you'll still get to hear it Mm -hmm. over the radio waves. Mm. I guess it's not the radio, but (laughs) over the streaming platforms. From your headphones, your your cell phone. Pineal gland. Yeah. 
What did I say about the first? Penelial? Yeah, something like that. I fucking can't. Listen. All you need to do is just tap into the frequency of me, Rachel, and Tabitha and just download it through your consciousness. I don't think anybody wants that frequency. No, I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody wants to be. No, it'll just be like a bunch of music. It'll be like that scene Dumb and Dumber where they're like, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Like that. That's absolutely. I saw this video on Instagram, and ever since I've seen it, I have not been able to get the song out of my head. And I'm at a point where I just really want to like rip my brain out and wash it and put it back into my brain. Into is my it the song that never ends? Can I guess? You can guess. Is it the PP Man song? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's there was this woman who was like. Go to the store. Oops, I forgot my reusable bag. Then I say, okay. And I just buy another reusable bag. And it just keeps going over and over and over again. But wait, that's relatable. <laughs> I know, and that's it. It won't leave my mind. It's so fucking relatable. That's- <laughs> There's so In many reusable bags. plus of my life here in uh-huh. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to find the PP song. Yeah, mm. we'll link it in the shunnets. In the shunnets. Because uh, John sent it to me. and Jan. I got it. All right. Our 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 chef. The mm-hmm. chef of the year. Mm-hmm. John. You said that angrily. John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so strap in. There's some interviews coming your way. Thank you guys for joining us mm-hmm. again on the 2G1L. We got two Gs here today. We do. Oh. Jaminis. Jaminis. Mm. Hail CERN. Hail CERN. Mm. Mm. How's CERN doing, Rachel? Have you have you talked to them lately? <laughs> have you uh, talked they, to them? <laughs> they're just, you know, fucking with shit. Do you like hit yeah. them up on speed dial or... <laughs> Astro holds out. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Hey, Margo, how you doing? I am good. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there. I'm super excited to be meeting with you today to talk about your classes. Me too, me too, me too. Our class also. Our class, yes. (laughs) Yes, very exciting. We only have like uh, three weeks left, right? I know. Till the poitus. I keep, I've been counting it um, as in the number of weekends that I have to prepare and the weekends are just flying by. I'm just like, (gasps) yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's crazy how fast it's like, it snuck up on me. I know that always happens though. We, we spend the first half of the year, you know, basically feeling sad that it's so far away and then suddenly it's just, it's here. Yeah. Surprise, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait though. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, my name is Margo. Uh, I am the host of A is for Agrimony, Coffee Stained Notes on Witchcraft, which is a podcast about witchcraft, all witchcraft related topics. I hope to cover eventually, uh, however long that'll take. <laughs> We also have a website where I've been working to create um, something I'm calling the Living Grimoire because I cover a lot of like kind of witchcraft 101 type topics 
and I want there to be a written format for that as well. So in lieu of transcripts, I'm basically creating this page that grows as the podcast grows with all this information that I'm recording so people can have it in written form if they want it as well. But that's way behind. <laughs> that's just, you know, still beginning. Um, and I'm hoping to branch out and expand my website into a shop as well. Something I've been talking yeah. about for a very long time. Well, it's a big project, both yeah. of them. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, it's not the, I also, you know, have a full-time job. So it's, it's a passion project that gets worked on, you know, when the time is there. Um, but I really, really love doing it and I'm, you know, still excited for it. So that's a good sign, I, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I really love the, uh, the tarot series. I'm really, a lot of my practice is really focused on the tarot, even my spell work. Yeah. And another aspect that is really, really important to me is plant magic. So I, I always wanted to find a way to incorporate both of those. So right now I'm still going through the fool's journey through the major arcana yeah. and looking at plant magic and finding a specific plant spirit that just kind of is kind of, um, suited to or related to the energy of a specific tarot right. card and then I match them up and discuss them both and so far it's going really well I really really enjoy doing it uh, I just did um what did I just do I just did temperance and chamomile and yeah. I found way more connections between these two the card and the plant spirit than I even thought that I would have, you know, as I was yeah. gathering information. So it's, it's been a cool experience. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that's like my favorite series. Your podcast is like really good. The, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so's yours. Oh my God, you're so nice. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> tell us about your classes. Okay, so the one workshop that I will be doing is uh, not magic. Um, and specifically, I'm going to have everyone who attends the workshop create a witch's ladder. Um, that's one of the things. So cool. Yeah, I, I really, really love witch's ladders. It's, it's one of the things that got me into witchcraft as a kid. Um, so this is kind of weird. But when I was young, my mom worked at a bank in town, which was right next door to the library. So um, I used to walk from school to the library and hang out there, read books, do my homework. And then when my dad picked up my mom from work, I would go home with them. So I spent yeah. a lot of time at the library and I was mostly reading things that I wasn't really supposed to read. Um, <laughs> and I came across this book collection. It's um, The Enchanted World by Time Life. And there was one in the series called Witches and Wizards. And there's oh. a page, page in there with this big beautiful colorful illustration of a witch's ladder and this whole explanation of witch's ladders and not magic and I specifically remember that being like one of the things in my childhood that was like I want to be a witch <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I've always kind of been obsessed with that much about like I think they're beautiful but yeah. I don't know much about the witch's ladders so I'm really excited okay. for that Cool. I, I'm hoping a lot of people come to the workshop with, you know, the, obviously the curiosity, but also that I can offer them information that they maybe didn't know. Hopefully, you know, I can teach them something that's like really interesting to them or inspires them in a way to look into it deeper because right. um, I just, I've, I've always felt connected to it from, you know, a pretty young age. Right. So the class is called Not Magic. 
Yes, correct? not magic and how to make a witch's ladder. So I'll be providing all the materials necessary to make, you know, a, you know, a some, you know, somewhat simple, not too elaborate. And, you know, that these can be used for any type of magic, you know, any kind of intention that someone has in mind, mm -hmm. they can really go into not magic. Yeah. Not magic is, I, I do actually use, I do, I do use not magic, but I don't know much about the witches, the witches ladder. So I'm really, yeah. yeah and really I'll, I'll, I'll also be covering a couple other types, uh, like the nine knot charm, mm -hmm. um, the witches knot, um, mm -hmm. wind knots and talking about different types of knot work through history that, you know, it's, I, I hope that it'll That's be as interesting to everyone awesome. else as it is to me. <laughs> I'm a history nerd. So I'll be yeah. like front row, like taking notes. So <laughs> I'll be there. Uh, no, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. Like, uh, I'm sure that that's going to be a popular class. I hope so. I hope so. Because I'm it's not for something it. that people talk. I don't. I feel like people don't talk enough about. Yeah, not and it's magic. it's probably one of the oldest forms of not magic in you know recorded history, um, mm -hmm. and and basically covers almost all cultures uh, or can be right. found in almost all cultures. So it's really cool and easy and simple and discreet, which is important for a lot of people. Yes. It's something like, you know, you can kind of just say, oh, it's just a little decoration. Like, yep. Oh, and just it can be worked into your shoelaces, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what are you hoping people walk away with? Uh, I hope that they walk away with some inspiration to try some new, you know, methods of not magic at home. Or I feel like we go about our mundane life very busy. And yes. we don't even realize how many things we do on a regular basis that we can incorporate some magic and, you know, magic into. And also, Anahata's purpose, I feel like every time, so this will be my third, third time going. Mm -hmm. And every time I've gone before, there's always been some really important lesson kind of like beating me on the side of the head. Uh, last like a year, theme. Yes. Last year, it was like learning to use my voice and my throat chakra specifically mm -hmm. and, you know, speaking up and for about what I needed and all those things were coming to me from every different direction. Right. And it's hard to take those lessons home and learn to integrate them into regular day life because, you know, the grind starts right up again. So Absolutely. with something like not magic, you can really hone in on those intentions and work them into a spell and put it somewhere where, you know, you see it on a regular basis and you remember it. And I feel like it's one of the ways that you can um, help yourself integrate the lessons from Anaha's Purpose back into, you know, everyday life. I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's a million ways you can do that, but here's one simple, tangible way right. to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's... Like you said, it's discreet, but it's also something that you can do in the morning when you're tying your shoes. Because like yes. you're gonna have to tie your shoes in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like you're gonna have to make some sort of knot, so it's just easy to just put right some sort of spell or intention. Yeah, even in braiding your hair, that's something that you can. Yeah. And and then when you undo it, it's <gasps> this release, you know. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm gonna take the class. Uh, <laughs> all right so not magic and we are also you and i have have teamed up to teach a basic protection magic class yes protection magic and warding mm -hmm. uh which i'm also very excited about because you and i have discussed back and forth how incredibly important it is yes um as a found as a foundational you know yeah part of everyone's practice yeah 
it should be like, in my opinion, it should be the first thing that you do. In yes. my opinion. Now I know everybody has their own opinions and stuff like that, but me personally, I feel like protect yourself before yeah. Yeah. you dip your That's, toes in anywhere As far else. as applying, like applying theory and also like getting down to doing actual work mm-hmm. because, you know, yeah. you could spend tons of time reading books and then not push yourself to actually do the thing. Um, right. Protection magic specifically is a great way to practice because really, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You know. Yeah. Pretty much nothing. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, it's not. <laughs> it's not going to be super protective, but yeah. like you know, it's a maybe very a little bit more than you had before. Yeah. It's a very simple yeah. but important way to get familiar with your practice and yeah the way that you prefer. Because some people don't even take a, take a while to figure out the type of methods that they prefer or if they like to do simple or elaborate ceremonial type of work you know you mm-hmm. really have to learn by doing and right and then of course yeah. protection magic you know is is just really important to to have knowledge of yeah and it's it's important to acknowledge that like your practice is going to change like there's so there's so mm-hmm. many ways that you can protect yourself it's it's so you know we're going to cover like you know cleansing and grounding mm-hmm. and stuff like that um we're going to touch on grounding we're going to touch on grounding yeah, it's really like important. Visualization, and we have some recipes. Yeah, some recipes, some techniques. Yeah. And that, this is why I'm really excited that we're teaming up on it, because we'll be yeah. able, just by being two completely different witches, to show that there are more than one way, there's more than one way to do all of these things. Right. There's, yeah, like you said, there's so many ways to do it. Like, you can have a whole ceremony, or you can just, you know, use what you got on your body, on your person. Yep. So protection magic is so versatile and I'm really excited to sit down and talk about it. Yeah. And I think it's important to cover that. Like, you know, we're not, we're not fear mongering. We're not like, no, (laughs) no, you're going to be in danger. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) Um, But like I said, well, we were, we were discussing, you know, one of the first times we met up to talk about it, I compared it to wearing your seatbelt. You don't, exactly. you don't expect to go out and get into a car accident, but you put your right. seatbelt on just in case. Just to be safe. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's such a good analogy. Thanks. Yeah, honestly, that's the best way to describe it is wearing a seatbelt, like you said. Yeah. It's important to have those tools in your back mm-hmm. pocket. You, you may yeah. never need them, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't know them. Exactly. And then during the class, we're going to have um, everybody paint, paint a rock. Yeah. Um, a little protective symbol. Yeah. Whatever it's, protective uh, symbol you want. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of like one of the ways to highlight that you can create a protective ward out of anything. Out of and anything, yeah. You can just take a rock that you found outside and paint it. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's planning on taking the class, if you have a special rock. Or anything, really. Yeah, I mean, or like anything. You can use like the little wood tokens or mm-hmm. rocks or... You know, anything that you, you know, like a little piece of paper, I feel like you could just keep a little piece of paper with you, you know, yeah. or a bay leaf or whatever you feel like. A slip you know, of paper under a doormat. Yeah. Or in your wallet or in your, in wallet. your purse. I you like, know, I like having something like that in between my phone and my phone case. Ooh, yeah. yeah. That's a good, yeah. Because, you know, I, I don't really want to admit it. That phone is always with me. <laughs> Listen, it is the world that we live in now. Yep. So 
phones are everywhere. They hear everything. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good class. I think we're going to cover as much as we can with the basics and just kind of getting everybody as a good solid yeah. foundation to work on. I think we could probably spend hours. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the right term to use would be crash course. Yeah. Um. There you go. <laughs> Protection Magic Crash Course. Probably yeah. should have been, been the name of the, the class. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I, I'm really excited because I like I like coming at it from two different perspectives because I can only give part of a story. Right. We can only come from, you know, our own perspectives and what we've right. specifically learned. And it's important to learn that there is no one way to do any of that. I think I already said that, but I'm going to probably say it like... It is, it's important to remember that. And I think that it's okay to like keep repeating that because it's just, it's important to remember that there is many, many, many ways mm-hmm. to come at protection magic. Like you can come into our, you can come into the class that we're going to do and walk away being like, I don't, I didn't relate to any of that. And that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Totally yeah. fine. Teach their own, you know? Just don't tell us that because we'll cry. <laughs> I will cry. I will <laughs> go back to my tent and just curl up in a ball. And just cry. Like, <laughs> so, oh, okay. Um, so like, at least you can at least lie to us and yeah. say your class was so good. <laughs> like, I gotta go to the river. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I mean, uh, so what? Do, what are you hoping that people walk away from our class with? Um, you know, if they come into the class feeling unclear or even maybe a little overwhelmed, I hope they walk away with some ease. And realizing that it's, you know, it's simple, it's, it's effective, it's important, but it's not anything to be um, feeling overwhelmed or scared by in any way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. I'm excited. Me too. What time is your not magic class? That is going to be on Friday at the Sky Hill Pavilion, uh, which will be fun, fun setting for that. And that is later in the afternoon. Uh, I believe 4.30. Okay. Start at 4.30. Starting at 4.30 on Friday. And on Sunday, it'll be at the Woodland Pavilion. Okay. And that one is going to be 12 p.m. on Sunday. Okay. And then we perfect have... Perfect. Prote- like, the pavilion's perfect for that. Yeah, it really is, because it's a nice creative project that we get to do, you know. Yeah. And having that nature inspiration all around you know yeah and, and terpenes and all that good terpenes <laughs> drown yourself in the turf yeah so then our protection then, magic is thursday yeah. and saturday thursday's class is going to be at one o'clock at the dock nice which would be nice oh that's right i forgot about that i was so excited about the dock yeah that's gonna be great that's, that's gonna, gonna be, be awesome the other one's saturday at 5 30 p.m at the nature center which is a really nice little Where's spot the nature center I believe that is past the hammocks up in that cute little. Oh, oh, cute. Okay. So we're yeah. not going to be in like a complete classroom setting. I no, like I like that too, because I, like I, that. I, I love the classrooms. Like I know that a lot of other facilitators are going to be yes. um, using the classrooms, but for myself, I feel like a more casual setting is, is nice and comfortable and will help with like. Absolutely fear and mush mouth and anxiety right yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah you're not going to be like just standing at the front of the like i don't know yeah I'm, I'm, i would be way more nervous in a classroom setting so i'm happy yeah that we're gonna have 
the outdoor areas. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm, I'm very excited. Me too. Thanks for teaming up with me. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime. I think we're going to, I think it's going to be good. I, think, I hope, it, hope, hope, I hope it's going to be good. It'll be great. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> well, I'm really excited about the not magic class. I'm really excited about the protection magic class. Um, I can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, same. I'm so it's excited to far. just see everyone take in Inaba, have some really good food, hang out by the river. and It's so magical. And amazing workshops, amazing performers. Mm-hmm. Amazing people. Yeah. I'm really excited. Thank you for taking the time to talk. Yeah, to thank today. you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. <laughs> I never know how to end these things. Well, see you later. Bye. <laughs> hey, Crystal. Welcome to Two Geminis and a Leo. Hi. Thanks for having me. How are you today? How's everything? Good, good. Um, I managed to have some free time to hyper-focus and clean my cabinets. So figure that one out. Mercury retrograde for the win there. Yeah, especially in Virgo. It's like, let's get everything reorganized now. (laughs) Yes, it was every little thing that I was like, we're not going to touch this. Let's get rid of it. Just trash it, right? (laughs) Just don't even think about it. Just do it. So that's where I'm I love that. Good. (laughs) I love that vibe. It's the, the, does it spark joy? And if not, goodbye. <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent the vibe today. <laughs> I love your world's best boss mug in the back. This is my husband's <laughs> office <laughs> and he's a huge fan of the office. So you'll see all sorts of like mementos and stuff. Um, but this is uh, the only place I could get away from the cats at the moment. So <laughs> instead of having them cross my laptop as we're talking, I figured I'd just <laughs> shut the door and let them do their own thing. Love it. I We actually did an episode where we assumed the signs of the office and the Parks and Rec characters. That's so <laughs> if he's interested in astrology, have him listen. Um, <laughs> well, so welcome to the show. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Anahata's Purpose. I know you've been teaching there for a while, which has been amazing. I've taken most of your workshops and they are just so you have so much information. And I just what I love about your teaching style is that you just talk it's like you don't you don't write anything down you don't have like anything like a projector you're just like here's the information and here it is and I'm saying it confidently and it just makes me want to be a better teacher watching you teach because it's just like you have this just knowing and it's just on and then it the, all of the information that you give is golden so I appreciate Hi, your you. teaching styles <laughs> I always think I'm just an eclectic mess who just like uh, verbal diarrhea is on people when they ask me questions. So if you're getting some sort of knowledge out of that, by all means, that is exactly what we want to hear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love the Money Magic course. And then we did, I did the basic Akashic Records course with you as mm-hmm. well. Um, so yeah, I, I've definitely benefited from both of them. So what are you teaching this year? So this year will actually be my fourth year. Um, I started in 2020, so I did 2020, 2021, 22, and now 23, Um, and honestly, 
it's always an evolution, but the classes are just a little bit more clearer. They're a little bit more for beginner level. Um, when we first did like the 2020, it was a whole lot of healers in a space because it was a hundred people, right? So we had a very concentrated audience and what they could hear was a little bit easier to digest for them. Now in like 23, I have to always like rethink what the audience is going to be down for. So um, this year we are doing Intro to Energy and we are doing Akashic Records again. I haven't decided, but it probably will be based on audience and how much time I have of how deep I'll go into the Akashic Records. So normally Akashic Records is a short description of them. I mean, they're pretty straightforward. Um, and then we do a meditation, walk people into the Akashic Records for themselves. They get some sort of answer or, or whatever happens for them. And then we bring them back out and we discuss it. Nine times out of 10, I, well, I will say this, every workshop I've done for Akashic Records, I've had someone come up afterwards and just been like a complete sobbing, emotional mess. Yeah. Um, because they didn't get what they thought they should have gotten. Um, and it just doesn't work like that. You know, it just doesn't work like that. You asked a question, you got the answer. And you might have found out you were a total asshole in a past life, <laughs> you know, and now you're like, what do I do with that information? You do absolutely nothing with it. You you learn and you grow from it and that's it. So yeah, people want to make their past lives their now personalities. And I'm not about that. So you'll never find me doing like past life readings for that specific reason. Because every time I find somebody who has a past life reading, they're now like running that trajectory of that past life in the now. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I took out that hobby that I used to do in that lifetime. And I'm like, why? Why would you want to live it? You're having a hard enough time living here in the now. Like right. focus here, right? So yeah, it's always, always fun. The last couple of years I have run um, money, money flow or money magic, depending on which class you wound up in. And that's always fun because people go, well, I don't have any problems. I don't have any, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with my belief systems. And then you start going like, well, you have a lack mindset or you have this going on or your grandpa used to tell you to save every penny or like little things like that, that we don't think we create into belief systems. And when you start to break them down, you go, oh, this is why I'm always broke. Oh, yeah. this is why every time I get a little bit of money in my rainy day fund, because that's what I have to label it, there's a rainy day. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think we're going to have time. There are so many amazing, amazing workshops and facilitators and really money flow is like a two hour class. Really? Like it should be a four week course, right? but I squeeze it into two hours for the majority of it. And it's just, it's, it would just be too much to do this year with the, with the way the energy is. Um, so we're sticking to intro to energy, um, which is a fun literal what to what it says, right? What I find with intro to energy is people don't actually know how to track their own energy or when someone else is in their bubble. So my intro to energy class is slowing that down, checking into, can you feel your energy? Can you feel when we add this thing in? Can you feel when we add that thing in? What does it feel like now? What could you use that energy for? Working in that space, and actually that's something that at my metaphysical shop and wellness center, if I teach that class, 
if you're doing like a Reiki course with me as well, you have to go through intro to energy first, because if you can't understand your own energy, how are you going to heal someone through Reiki, which yeah. is just energy exchange, right? So intro to energy is really just taking it back to basics and tuning into yourself before tuning into everything else around you. I love that. And it's also something that I feel like is very much needed at a, a thing like Anahata's Purpose, because we have so many different levels of people there, people that have never worked with their energy before and people that are, you know, Reiki masters. So I feel like an yeah. intro to energy workshop is perfect for the people that are still just learning how to feel feel themselves i guess yeah, absolutely <laughs> on more than one level at anahata yeah. come feel yourself <laughs> that's so many different feel yourself classes really we should we should tell rachel to categorize categorize them like that yeah <laughs> she has mind body and spirit but also feel yourself is also another category <laughs> Yeah, that's so uh, funny. Absolutely. Usually naked in the creek. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You gotta. I mean, I we've talked about Anahatas all the time on our podcast, and naked in the creek is definitely something that's come up, and it's definitely something that you will see. And if you're feeling open yeah. to it, that you can too experience. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I remember teaching a money flow class um, on the bank of the creek, and literally. There were people staring like I had I had a group of 20 in front of me and they were staring behind me. And I was like, what is happening? I turned around and there's just like asses, just just asses and titties, like just out there. So that's the one I was in. That was the money magic. Class I was in. <laughs> yes, good. You were see, <laughs> I love that. It was like a party though over there. There was, was like 15, 20 people like just yeah. dancing naked in the in the river, and it was amazing. And I was yeah. watching them. And at that point in my life, I was like, oh, I wish I could be that person. Yeah. And then last year I took my shirt off. So I was, so, uh, you know, it's baby stuff. <laughs> years in evolution. Even I am like, um, and, and I practice all this stuff. Right. And so my, and even with me and the way that I was, you know, programmed and stuff, my brain is still like, well, you don't have a good enough body to do that. Right. Yeah. My brain is like, someone else is going to see your t swinging titties and be like, ugh, look at them titties swinging so low. <laughs> they should be tied up or whatever. You know, like that your brain gets in there and starts to like, uh, you know, quote unquote, protect you. Right. The intrusive thoughts can can really take you away from your joy. So even though somebody might see my swinging titties, you know, like maybe I just like will enjoy myself too much for, for it to matter. Yeah. You know? You have to take what you want out of it. Absolutely. So all four years that you've been at Anahatas, you have been teaching. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was just telling the the story of the, of how it all happened. The Honestly, and I don't know if you know this um, or if Rachel has told you, but the um, the workshops were literally what I would call divine intervention. Like the one point in my life when I had just, so 20, 2020 was obviously a crazy year for everybody, but it was the year that I decided to own a shop and a wellness center. And I opened that in June of 2020. And um, that was literally as uh, quarantine ended. So quarantine ended and they were like, you can open up shop. And I was like, sweet, let's do it. So um, 
uh, a neighbor of mine on the street in Mill Street, um, Bristol. He's no longer there, but he was going to do kombucha at the first Anahatas that I participated in. And I found it through a link that he put up on Instagram. Um, being very new to Instagram and stuff, I would just click on things. So then I wound <laughs> up going to the Anahata's website and I was just like so drawn in by the energy of it. I was literally like sitting there going, anything I can do to be a part of this, I want to do. So I messaged Rachel, right? I sent her an email and I was like, hey, you don't know me. I'm very new to like the community and all of that stuff. And I don't have a community here in Pennsylvania slash New Jersey, tri-state area, whatever. So I was like, whatever you need for this, I would like to participate, whether you need a sponsor, a volunteer, you just need someone to be like, hey, awesome, I'll promote for you um, or whatever, right? I didn't even think about being a facilitator. I think within the hour, she called me. Like within the hour, like she called me and we wound up talking for maybe an hour or two that day. Like it was just serendipitous. You know, you just like felt like you knew this person for forever. And it just kind of worked out. And she was saying how her facilitators were dropping out left and right because they couldn't take a COVID test or wouldn't take a COVID test. And I was like, yeah, well, like I'm, I'm in, what are you, are you telling me I can be in the woods for three days with like-minded people, um, on my own, like just whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Of course. Especially yeah. in a ta that time when we were not outside as much as we should have been or could have been too. Right. So I was like, throw a tent. And so this was three weeks before the 2020 Anahatas. Three weeks. Wow. I had three weeks to get my shit together. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm confident in myself enough that that Taurus stubborn, hard headed energy was like, you're going to say yes to this and you're going to make it work. And yep. you're going to get out of your box for three days. It won't kill you to get out of your box for three days and talk to people, talk to all strangers yeah, and be to, to other humans. So that's what I did. That's what I did. And Rachel was really, really lovely and so welcoming. And she's like, whatever you want to do, but also you're the only one doing Akashics. So please do that. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> did Akashics and I did some meditations and I just kind of like vibed with everybody. And I did vend, like I had a little shop set up, but it was so small and everyone was kind of like salt of the earth folks, just kind of like vibing and, and everything. So I just kind of like hung out at my table when I wasn't doing things and I, and I workshopped some things and we chit chatted and I made so many great friends from that experience, like Colleen McNally, mm -hmm. um, who does usually like uh, tarot workshops and stuff like that. She was actually an attendee that first year and we hit it off on an, on an awesome level. Jess from seven pines apothecary, um, Andrew with Breathwork. He was actually, he came into my shop for a while, worked with me for six months, just, yeah, just like so many awesome people. And I, I can't be grateful enough for that space in just allowing me to be who I was. Like that was the first space where people were just like, just do what you do and right. we'll love it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I get to just show up and be authentic. So every year I kind of just really love that I can show up and be authentic. And like you said, I just talk off the top of my head because I honestly just tap into the energy of things. And I hate to give like a presentation. Like I feel like it's, it takes away, you know, like there are some things that yes, you might want to see up on a board or, or jot down, but I'd rather go, what are we talking about today, folks? Like what is hitting for you right now? What can we work through? Yeah. You know, and I feel like it's more of a cathartic experience for everyone in the audience. Absolutely. So. I remember the Akashics class and my reaction to it. I, 
I remember getting into the Akashics. It was through this like weirdly shaped hole in the side of a mountain. And then I went to open up my book and then my book slammed. And I was like, okay, I guess it's just not time yet. And, but I just remember like the meditation of it all was just, it was so deep and it was just a really great experience. All the classes I've taken with you have been really great, as I said already at the top, but I can't say it enough because it, it really is. You you offer a different perspective. You you give information that people have seen before in bite-sized pieces that allow them to take it and make it their own. And, yeah. and I love that. About the meditation is I give a generic meditation and I always say at the top of the class, like, you're going to see something else for you as an individual. And I want you to follow that part of it because there are people who will try and be in the box and like follow the meditation to the exact lettering. But I try and keep it very vague so that like, you know, if you're seeing a staircase, take the staircase. If you're seeing a wrought iron uh, gateway, take the gateway. You know, I've had people tell me they've been up on clouds and they've gone into a different dimension and all of that stuff. So I love hearing what you guys see at the end because it's so different than what I've said. It's amazing. Yeah. Like what, what I'm guiding you through is not what you actually get to see because it's so individualized. And I don't want to take that individuality away from you guys. I don't want to put it in a box because that's not who we are. We are all so different in our soul makeup um, that, yeah, it's just really important for me to keep that vague so that you guys feel comfortable enough to see what it is you need to see. That's Absolutely. not about me. <laughs> You're just the conduit of information. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Which is amazing. And I love that. So are you vending also again this year? Yes. So I have vended for the last four years as well. You'll find me in the store, um, which is right next to, usually next to the stage and the playground. Um, so there's like a little white building that looks kind of creepy to go into. That's where we'll be. Um, usually I'm there <laughs> with, uh, Jess and Tim, um, who do archery and they have, um, bows and arrows and fun stuff, um, knives and things like that, which is right up our alley. Um, I think Anahata's will also be having some merch again this year. So we also helped out with the, um, with just getting people merch and things like that. Uh, I usually bring um, shirts. Um, I usually bring like tarot cards. And then honestly, like the day before when I'm packing, I walk through my store and just ask what wants to come with me. So um, if something st stands out towards me and, and just says like, you know, like my person is going to be at Anahata's, then I will bring it. Um, and that's kind of just how I vent. <laughs> so yeah. some people are looking for specific things and I'm like, I don't have that because that's not what wanted to come, you know, like, or, <laughs> you know, like if you want that, you can get that on it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't sure what I was going to vend or bring this year. This is the first year where that, um, my brain was kind of like, do we need to vend? Um, but I am going to bring some things. I'm hoping that my tarot order comes soon. Cause I ordered a bunch of really cool decks and those usually, usually, find homes. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what I bring. <laughs> the shop. Come find me. <laughs> yeah. I bought the Kyle gray, uh, ancestors and angels deck. I forgot what the full name of it is, but I, I used that deck for so long. It was like my main deck for cool. like a year and a half. I, I also just love Kyle Gray. He makes yeah. the most amazing decks, but it was just so special because I bought it at Anahata's. So 
<laughs> you okay? My, yeah, my electric just went out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> well, thanks, Mercury Retrograde. Um, yes. <laughs> well, so then we'll, we'll just uh, finish up here. So are there any experiences that you've had at Anahata's, like taking classes or just, I know you've briefly touched on just the relationships and experiences that you've had connecting with people, but are there any other things that just stand out in your mind for just experiences you've had at Anahata's Purpose? Honestly, it's always the conversations I get to have with people. I go all day being either in the shop or doing workshops. And it's like that time in between that I get going in between places that I get to have conversations with new people. And those are always the best conversations because you learn something new or you um, see how you've kind of inspired someone to go into something different. But yeah, I mean, I've had crazy, like I said about Colleen in the first Anahata's, um, we had such a deep connection and wound up actually working in her, uh, not only Akashic's, that came back there on. we go. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> um, not only in her Akashics, but also her Halls of Amente, which are more galactic. And when I get to have like sessions or mini sessions with people or help them figure out something and they have an aha moment, it just is truly like the best experience for me. And it fills me up so much that I get that I, I make it halfway through the year before I go, I need to go back to Anna. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> But I've had so many experiences. I, I don't know. It's hard to choose between the uh, cereal bowl bar. Yeah. Smoothies. I mean, it's just always like a good, very chill time. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, tell us where we could find you on, on social media. I know we already discussed intro to energy, Akashics and vending. So that's where you can find Crystal at Anahata's. But outside of that, where can we find you? <laughs> So I have a uh, brick and mortar store called Energy Ripple in Bristol, PA, which is about half an hour outside of Philadelphia. That's where I primarily spend my time. I do some vending at different shops and things like that, but mostly I stay at my shop and I do like wellness workshops or, or general workshops, tarot workshops. We do all sorts of things there. So I'm usually in my brick and mortar online. You can find me on Instagram at KLV energy ripple. I'm on TikTok, same name. I'm on Facebook, same name. You can find me anywhere. I also have my website is klvenergy.com. Um, and actually the weekend after Anahata's I had, I am hosting my own mini retreat. Um, and so we are going out into Gore, Virginia, which is about four and a half hours away from Philadelphia on this really cool property where we are downloading galactic connections, um, land supportive beings, um, tapping into Akashics, doing hypnosis. Uh, but we're just like tapping into all sorts of things. And that is a four day, three night, um, accommodations included, all of that stuff, food included. Um, and yeah, so if you are looking for me, I would suggest going to my Instagram because that's normally where I post everything, classes coming up, um, retreats coming up, where I'll be, how to find me, all of that good stuff. So um, Instagram is it, KLV Energy Ripple. Awesome. So, and we'll that. definitely get that in the show notes for you as well. So oh, people you. have easy access. <laughs> I'll give you the link. I mean, <laughs> yeah. hang with us. 
Yeah. <laughs> about my mini retreat. We're doing like art therapy. I have Cheryl coming from Anahata's as well. She does like all my physical movement therapies and stuff. So nice. um, we always have like an overlap of really cool facilitators to help get you where you're going. That quantum that. leap we all love and need in a Mercury retrograde. <laughs> Absolutely. And in this uh, age of Aquarius also happening as well. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Crystal, for joining us today. And I can't wait to see you in a week, pretty much. Yeah, I'll see you next Thursday. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Hi, Diane. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm really excited. This will be fun. Yeah, this will be fun. How's your summer been going? Busy. Very busy. Yeah. We got to go see the Stevie Nicks concert, do all kinds of fun stuff this yes. summer. So yeah, it's been a good summer. Yeah, Claire told me all about that. That was really, that sounded awesome. I'm so jealous. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah, so only a couple weeks left till till Anahata's. I can't wait to see you and everybody else. And yeah. it's like a big old family reunion. <laughs> It is. It is. I'm sitting there going, okay, that's like, you can see behind me. I've started like getting the boxes out. I'm okay, get this done. This is what goes with. This is what I got to do. <laughs> I, sh I really need to like start getting my act together. <laughs> I need to start getting my act together and like coming up with like, cause there's, I have my camping stuff is just scattered everywhere throughout. Oh yeah. Are you camping so, again this year? Yeah. Yeah, I like to do the camping. No, I am not a camper. <laughs> no. Yeah, I. So actually, the first <laughs> when I the first time I went was was in 2021, and that was like the first time in a really like at least in my adult life that I went uh, tent camping, and you know I did it as a kid and stuff like that, but like it was in the backyard, so it wasn't anything. <laughs> <laughs> but my sister and I went tent camping and that was i was hooked after that there you go i just hope it doesn't rain this year that's that what every time i have ever gone camping oh. it has rained oh no. every single time so i'm like nope yeah no. i'm gonna get I a tarp i think that'll cover the top of my tent because just in case i just, highly recommend yeah yeah, is I don't want to do that again. <laughs> I had to break it down like by myself last year too, and like in the downpour, and oh, it was <sighs> so bad, so bad that that last Sunday. But Ugh. you know, for all of that, it was still a great day on Sunday. It was. I actually, so I was not. I, let me say, I I was not by myself. Ruth helped me out a lot, but um, I actually, you know, as as grumpy as I kind of was I was having a blast like as weird as that sounds like I was so it was just I don't know I remember I took the tarot with astrology class with uh Joe and that was really really good even though I was like soaking wet he's amazing he is he is but, like the rain I'm one of those so let's go play in the rain yeah yeah. It's storming. Oh, let me go stand in it because I'm yes. going to be a really happy camper afterwards. Absolutely. So, in the last couple of years, I've learned that 
going outside and jumping in the puddles. I don't care what my neighbors think of me outside in the puddles, but it was just like totally different, totally different thing for me. I'm so all the time, you know, everything has to be just blah, 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 blah. My Virgo is showing. But those are those moments that you can just let it go. Yeah. So, and last year was all about just going with let, the flow and letting yeah. it all go. Yeah. So now this year's going to be a little more balance. This year's about balance. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it feels like for, for me too for this year. Because I, I think the only day that I'm not doing anything is like facilitating anything is on Sunday. Oh, busy. So, yeah. Busy. Stepping out of the comfort zone for me a little bit. That'd be good. So, yeah yeah so speaking of facilitating oh i'm sorry go ahead no i was gonna say i haven't like taught any like classes like this in a very like officially in a very long time yeah since before my girls were born i am so excited for this because it is so important why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into your class that's always so fun um (laughs) I have been a practicing witch. I sat down and figured it out when I had to do it for this. A practicing witch for 43 years. Mm -hmm. 43 years. That's a long time. (laughs) It's a really long time. But I don't remember not being more than... So I'm I'm giving some space there, but I don't remember not being. So, and I grew up in in the middle of the satanic panic, in the middle of all of that stuff. So... It was very much learn it on your own or remember it rather than learning it. Right. And then finding things to just confirm it. So, and then I raised two little witchlings. So mine have grown up to be very, very impressive witches that now teach me things back. So it's lovely. And uh, yeah, that's, that, those are the big things. Yeah. That's the goal, I think. Yeah. To be able to bring the next ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's I think that's the goal, like as a parent, especially, you know, I didn't grow up in a witchy household. And it's not like, you know, my, my parents weren't super like against it. It's just not something that was practiced. And that's I think it's like kind of the goal, like, you know, teaching my kids to be better than I am, better witch than I am, kind of. I didn't tell my mom about it until I was almost 25. So I'd been doing that for 15 years by that point. Yeah. And she was just like, eh, thought it was a phase. It's not a phase. (laughs) But my girls then, so when they were like, the first really big thing I remember was one of my daughters, we went to a funeral and she told me, that the person that had died was missing their, their glasses and really wanted their glasses to go with them. And I was like, okay, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, fortunately it was my best friend. So I was able to go to her and go, Hey, they even wear glasses. Yeah. Cause I didn't think that he, he had, and she was like, yeah. Um, but only recently it's a new, it was a new hobby for him that he had to, and he had to get glasses for it. So she's like, I got you. So she made sure the glasses were buried with him. So that's crazy. So from then she was three, four. Yeah. So 
they always were treated like it was serious. Yes. No, no. Yes. Oh, we don't believe you or no, no, you're not really seeing anything. There were a handful of times that I kind of downplayed things thinking, you know. Yeah. But which they still bring up, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll never let me forget it. They'll never let you forget it. No. <laughs> and that's fair. Good job. Totally Good job as kids. That one totally. thing, you can do everything else right, but that one thing, that one thing will haunt you forever. <laughs> I was really kind of hoping if I downplayed it, they'd feel better about it. Yeah. Not, yeah. That's okay. Um, <laughs> gotta love it. So tell us a little bit about your class. So humorously enough, my daughter helped me name the class. I love it. I love the name. The class is Ground Your Shit. Mm -hmm. And it came about when I realized last year that we were going to all these classes and they'd be like, okay, let's just take a minute and ground. Okay, Mm -hmm. now let's get started. You know, they'd say, oh, let's take a couple deep breaths to ground. But they never really did anything with it. Right. And it's like, okay. And then I was watching people get jittery. Because yeah. they didn't, they didn't know how to, to ground it. They didn't know how to let it all go. They had too much. They were ta- way too tapped in, um, or they didn't have any personal shields or anything like that. And it's like, oh, we forget. We forget because it's yeah. so much a part of what we do. We forget that not everybody knows how to do that. Right. And there's so much energy floating around at Anahata's, and all of it's good, mm-hmm. but even too much good can be hard on people yes so i was just like hey rachel (laughs) this is something that that you've thought about or you needed and uh, she's like oh yes we need it so here i am yeah it's so important it's such an important thing and people i think that even if you know how to do it it's a lot of it's people forget how to do it or forget to do it you know, especially at somewhere like Anahata's where, yes, it is amazing energy and stuff, but a lot of it can be really heavy. And I think, too, you know, you go, oh, you ground to the, you know, you ground, to the ground. Mm-hmm. But I've also discovered, again, two, ki- two kids, one of them, she still can't ground to the ground. Mm-hmm. I couldn't teach her to do it because I had to learn it myself because I thought, well, everybody does it that way. No. <laughs> that's not that doesn't <laughs> so um a friend of mine happened to be like oh she grounds the air here's how you do that and i was like huh and then as soon as he said it it was like well duh duh yeah <laughs> duh. Oh, there it is. that's right in front it. of me why did yeah. you miss that um so that's one of the things i want to talk about is just different ways to ground different ways to find that center Yes. And what all that energy means. And it, yeah, as it's, it's so, so important, not even just in the metaphysical sense, but like the mental health aspect too. And people think that, oh, I feel so energized when I'm, you know, tapped in and da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that they're slowly burning themselves out. Not right. like permanently, but they're, they're in for a crash. Right. They're not careful. Right. Um, or just... If somebody else is going, how to kind of flex that a little bit so that you're not overwhelmed by somebody else's energies. 
Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm uh, again. I'm very excited for it. Um, the grounding to air sounds really interesting. I'll glitch in a secret. It's not that different. You just have to reverse your thought process. Okay. Kind of, you know how you go. Yeah. yeah. For people looking, you can't see me. My hands, but I <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Kind of, you know, you kind of let things to the ground, but instead you go, you take a deep breath and let things out. Which, okay. I do that when I have a storm. That's what I go and I do in a storm. So why didn't I see it with my daughter? But I was thinking it was water, but it it wasn't. It was the air. air. Yeah. It was crazy. It was a crazy thing to learn, but it was very cool. So, yeah. So we're going to talk about the different ways to ground the different and why food. Why does food ground you? Yes. All of those things. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I am too. I am too. It'll be, uh, it, I can't wait to hear it. Like, cause I, that just, that just blew my mind. That, that blew my mind a little bit. Um, like, I can't wait to see what else you have. So what are you hoping people walk away with from your class? I hope they walk away feeling a little bit more balanced and a little bit more, I don't like to use this word, but I, I can't think of a better word in control of where they're at, right? So that they can go, oh, identify their energy and know what's going on. One of the things that I want to do is I have an actual like physical exercise for them to do because we get to the point where we just, you ground, oh, you go, oh, okay. And you do all the little shortcuts in your head. Mm Mm-hmm. But for some people, they need that kinetic memory mm-hmm. to do it. So we're going to do a kinetic exercise to give them something to remember so that they can build those shortcuts to do. And so my goal is that when they leave and when they do things, they can find that ability to find that balance and that center, no matter what else is going on, or at least to be able to start to learn with the they're not going to learn that in an hour, but the, right. they can they're on their own, you know, um, they get the foundations. Yeah. Yeah. To really build from. Cause I think it's, it's also different for everybody. Absolutely. I think. Absolutely. And that's the thing that I had, that I had to learn with teaching the girls and just teach. Cause I've taught the class before and everybody's like, Oh yeah, this is perfect. And I never run across anybody before her. Right. That couldn't just do it the standard way and then, then it was like oh okay and we found ways to work around it but it's like okay so now it's like okay that isn't and then it made me wonder how many people walked away saying yeah i got it and didn't and it's like oh no you know so oh, that's a good point yeah everybody's afraid to be the one that says that didn't work for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard thing to do that's really exciting mm-hmm. yeah is there anything okay. else that you'd like to share? Got some. I've got some surprises. So we talked about Ooh. a lot of things, but I've got a few more surprises. So, you know, I don't give everything away. Come to, come to class and we'll have fun. It'll be fun, I think. If nothing else, that's the other thing. I hope they go to, go to the class, maybe have some fun, maybe laugh a little bit. And yeah. Learn something. That's. I'm sure that I'm sure everybody will. 
grounding. I think everybody, even even the most experienced people can learn getting back to the basics. It's so important. You think you know it. And then something happens. You're a kid. Like your kids. <laughs> <over again. laughs> like your kids come in. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Basically, it's always your kids that are going to end up teaching you something else. Makes me grateful for them. Once I get over the frustration. <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, I'm so grateful for you. I'm really- so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> so grateful. <laughs> Well, and now, I mean, they're all, you know, not grown up, but pretty much my youngest is going to be 19 next week. That's so, amazing. Aww. You know, so it's, I can look back and go, oh, you know, I am so grateful. I am you. so thankful. You taught, yeah. you taught me. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> it has been a long, long, long summer. <laughs> I get it. But I know, but I know you, and I know the way you talk about your kids. So yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're right there. You're there. <laughs> It'll be fine. I, I They're good kids. love them. Ninety nine percent. No, I'm kidding. Ninety nine percent of the time. No, sorry. So yeah, if you want to come to Diane's class called Ground Your Shit, I see it on Friday. At 8 a.m. at the Woodland Pavilion. And then we're doing it again on Saturday, down by the dock, at 3 o'clock. At 3 o'clock, yeah. Highly recommend. Well, and if you're not a morning person, you don't have to get up to the Definitely try. Or have trouble with yoga, because mm. I can't, my knees don't always. So mm-hmm. it's a, be a nice way to kind of just take a deep breath and start your day. Yeah. The perfect start to the day is good to ground, especially again, like I like we were talking about before, there's a lot of positive energy and a lot of healing energy, but sometimes that healing energy just really gets to you. Yeah, you, you want to be able to ground for that primal scream gets going. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to take your class. Come on out. We're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. All right. Wait. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. Seriously. I really appreciate it. And uh, go check out Diane's class. Absolutely. Come on. We'll have a good time. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. And now we have Leslie and with us. Leslie, thank you so much for joining us on Two Geminis and a Leo. How are you today? I'm feeling so good. Thanks for having me, Teresa. Yeah, of course. We I'm so excited because I remember last year at Anahata's you were doing the somatic self healing. Yeah. Uh, did you and you also were doing the like dress up tent area? You were yes. a part of that as well, right? Mm-hmm. Very cool. So that was I, I remember having a very like like meeting you, you're like a ray of sunshine. So it was cool to like see you do your thing. Cause I remember we met very briefly at Rachel's before Anahata's. So yeah. it was, it was cool to see you doing your thing uh, and very exciting. And uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you. That's an incredible review for my <laughs> presence. So I was, teaching somatic self-healing last year with a foundation from yoga practice. 
So I've been teaching yoga asana about three years. I've been studying the philosophies of yoga and its practices for 15 years. And the last three years, I've also been studying one-on-one with a Vedic astrologer. So I'm bringing that to Anahatas this year, teaching an introduction to Vedic astrology to help kind of demystify the difference. Because I know y'all are covering the tropical Western astrology that most of us know and that we all love. The difference between the two, some, some people are pretty aggressive about the difference. And I think that there's room for all of us at the table. So I'm Absolutely. excited to yeah. <laughs> and I'm also teaching some of the philosophies of yoga therapists. I'm currently certifying as a yoga therapist. And there are some other philosophies that yoga therapists use to help individuals recover from what they are experiencing as suffering. So I'm also teaching emotional alchemy through yoga and presenting some of those basic philosophies so that those who attend will leave with a new lens to kind of look at how they're experiencing suffering and how they might use the varied yoga practices and philosophies to support themselves. Wow, that's awesome. I'm excited for that. Thank I you. love to practice yoga. I definitely don't do it as much as I should, but <laughs> I I love learning more about it because it is such an amazing practice. Yeah. The yoga asana is what most of us think of when we think of yoga, but there's so much more to it, even from a philosophical perspective, like any time that a person chooses to help another person instead of causing harm, that's yoga, that's ahimsa, that's choosing not to harm. So yoga is a grander, it's like a lens through which we can look at how we live our life, how we care for our bodies, how we care for our mental health, And the other little things we do, taking three deep breaths on purpose, that's pranayama. That's choosing to control your breath, right? And doesn't need to be so like, oh, I need three hours every week to do a yoga practice. You know, it kind of just becomes part of your habits and characteristics by taking little micro steps. Integrated into your life. I love that. And Mm -hmm. I love the word alchemy. I just love the creation of something from wow. nothing. It's it's just so yes. deep and beautiful and amazing. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. And I'm also obviously super excited for the Vedic astrology because I yes. I like you said like we do practice like the tropical western astrology on this podcast, but I've always been so interested in learning other modalities of it. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. I'm super excited. Yay. Me too. It's such uh, whenever I get to really talk about this science, it is so fun. And my own lineage, my teacher received her Vedic instruction from my, I call him my grand guru, Kasanti. He actually lives in Philadelphia, although I haven't connected too much one-on-one with him. Um, He oversees the Maharishi Vedic astrology conference that happens every year. So he's putting that major conference together. Wow. And he learned his I um I actually asked my teacher uh, more about my lineage just this week so I could kind of be prepared to share um my grand guru Kasanti's teacher was Dr. Vasant Lad who's actually an Ayurvedic physician. So learning Vedic astrology is something 
that can be used to look at the physical health of a person. I've learned a lot about looking at Vedic astrology charts through an Ayurvedic lens. So I can look at where someone might be struggling with physical health or mental health, where their energies are maybe being dissipated or where they can lean into strength. And there is a big tilt for mantra. One of the first things my teacher taught me were mantras to mantras to invoke Ganesha, who is the like patron deity of Jyotish. And Jyotish is the Sanskrit term for Vedic astrology. It means to cast a light, basically, to interpret the light of the stars and planets in a way that helps guide us here in our human life. That's so, so beautiful. Yeah, I it's I always find that, you know, there are these little things we can do. So some of what I'll be teaching is like the days of the week as they pertain to the different planets and some of the Vedic remedies. So you can align with the planetary energies of the day, but I'll also be opening the space with these sacred mantras and they invoke the power of like breaking down obstacles. Ganesha comes and kind of removes the obstacle between myself and the mysteries of the person's birth chart because a lot of things can be interpreted in many different ways so and I even find if I look at a birth chart without kind of we call it kundli in the Sanskrit if I kind of ignore the mantras and I just dive in I find myself kind of really confused there's a whole lot of directions for things to go but the chanting kind of brings in that calm focus and I can be like oh well Mercury in this position is really pointing towards this interpretation rather than these like two or three other things that could also be a message here and kind of brings that clarity through and each of the planets yeah (laughs) no go ahead I'm sorry (laughs) yeah there's a There's a mantra for each planet that you could chant every day. I open every Vedic reading with invoking Ganesha, invoking Saraswati, invoking the powerful planets, invoking the planet of the day. And then the beginning of the call becomes its own little sound healing, basically. That's amazing. So I love that it involves so much of a practice it's not just what it is it's like a it's a practice I I won't even say it's a lifestyle because it's so much more than that so I find that very interesting I also am a practitioner of magic and alchemist if you will and I what I'll do for my practice is kind of similar without even knowing that which I find really interesting like every morning I get up I have like a little area that I set up a bunch of crystals and I set up some incense and I do it all in the theme for the day of the planet of the day and do all of that so to hear that this is actually a practice through Vedic astrology is super interesting to me because it's it's kind of like the knowing that I didn't even know that I had, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does, yes. <clears throat> I think any person whose aim is to kind of connect with the cosmic energies, connect with the highest and best good for all, just by aiming in that direction, you're on that path, you know? Yeah. And if you connect with an astrologer, a tarot reader, a you know, psychic medium, 
if you're connecting with a person who's engaging in divination and they are also pure hearted with the intention to connect with helpful information for you, who the client or Karen, you're going to find useful information. You're going to leave that space with something healing and helpful because you approach someone whose intention is to be helpful and offer healing information. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm so excited. I think that <laughs> I think that we're also teaching like one after another one day. So I'm excited mm. because it's like, I feel like that'll also be really cool. Uh, I'm teaching a yeah. class on Chiron this year. So uh, I saw that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I feel like that'll be good also for people that are just trying to get their feet wet in astrology as well and seeing mm-hmm. the different layers that it has. Yeah. That's some of the differences, like some of the main differences I see with like the Vedic and tropical are, of course, the number of planets, because Vedic astrology traditionally only goes as far out as Saturn. And then the outer planets are not really part of the system. Like we have some ancient texts and I know that um, this isn't something that the listeners will be able to see, but I have my copy of the Brihat Parasara Orashastra. This is one of the first like texts and this book breaks down like all of the planets, all of the debilitations, the placements, how they could connect with other planets in, you know, what we call yogas or connections basically would be called conjunctions in um, tropical astrology. And we don't have those, uh, we don't have the outer planets in the traditional system and the asteroids. Is that what Chiron is? Yes. Yeah, they, um, of course, we can look it up. Like, I have the option in my software to, like, see where Chiron is. I have the option to look at the outer more planets. But then that's where it starts to become, like, I don't have a very clear-cut idea of what the Vedic system would say about that, like, what the Geotish of old would say. And in their perspective, it was like they were moving so slow. (laughs) It was like you know, the individual person doesn't really have much to feel and they do become more generational. Um, I can look at them, but of course it's not a traditional part of the practice. Yeah. So also you were talking a lot about how Vedic astrology can connect to a person's mental and physical health. Have you ever explored human design? And if you have, do you find similarities between the two? Mm, totally. Yeah. So I don't know as much about human design, but I know for myself, I am a manifester with a three, five profile and most of my chart is totally open other than in the human design, my solar plexus and my throat are my only definition. And when I look at, I'm also right angle cross rulership which is, and it's like the flavor of cross of rulership where I'm all about like, self-expression and kind of self-liberation living Mm -hmm. as your own self and that does show up in my birth chart so in my Vedic chart my moon is in Leo but it's also within a nakshatra so there's the 12 Rossi signs the zodiac signs and then we also have the lunar mansions there are 27 of those and so each sign has about two and a half some of them cross over between Um, like my rising sign is Leo, but it's in the nakshatra Uttara Palguni, which shares some space with Virgo. And 
my moon in Leo definitely has that same kind of regal self rulership, um, lean towards the ancestors. But I also have my moon in my first house, which is very much a space of like emotionally connecting to others. I have the channel of openness in my human design. And um, often I will even look up the human design of some of my Vedic astrology clients and and notice those interconnections as well. Um, yeah, human design is very interesting to me. It's a path that I'm also starting to go down because I, I know that they do use the planets and the zodiac as kind of like a blueprint for human design, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um So it's just interesting to see that there's already that connection with Vedic astrology and human design. Uh, And I feel like it is a great add on in astrology readings. I do the same thing. I'm like, well, there's also this. So if you want to learn how the energy works within you, you could also do this as well. (laughs) Exactly. I love human design for group dynamics. Because sometimes when you're looking at astrology with group dynamics, there's just so much to look at. And it can become overwhelming if you're looking at more than just two people. Right. Um, There's one other interesting crossover in my human design and my Vedic astrology. I have the my most beneficial kind of environment. I think they call it environment is a cave. I'm a cave person. And I'm like, that makes so much sense. Yep. And I also have my South node in Vedic astrology. This is Ketu and the pair of them are called Rahu and Ketu. So my Ketu is in the 12th house, which is also a mark of someone who likes to kind of escape to their own world and very much enjoys solitude. And it becomes kind of a karmic challenge for me to like, leave my tree house or like leave my cave and I'm so ready to like winter time oh my gosh I'm like give me a blanket to burrito into and like I'll talk to you in the spring honestly like that's <laughs> so yeah. my mode mm-hmm. that's interesting so I also find it really interesting what you were talking about how with your I believe it was was it your moon or your rising sign that you're also a little bit of Virgo too? Mm, yeah. So is that, so in Vedic astrology, are cusps more of a thing than they are in Western astrology? Like, is it something that you mm. actually work with versus the whole cusps debate in the Western astrology right. world? <laughs> wow. That's a really good question. I hadn't thought about that. Um, it's not so much seen as a cusp so much so as the Veda, the sign, the, I, we call them Rossi signs. Rossi is like the term for it, but um, the Zodiac sign has its own characteristics. And then the Nakshatra itself also has its own characteristics. So like a person with Uttara Palguni on the Virgo side is going to present the Uttara Palguni essence or energies through a more Virgo earthy grounded space. Whereas I'm still, I'm like total Leo energy through and through Leo sun, like where got to wear the right outfit, got to be presenting the way that I feel outwardly all the time. And Uttara Palguni, I can actually pull some of this up. It's like, so Leo is ruled by the sun and its symbol is the lion, right? So, and then Virgo is ruled by Mercury also in the Geotish. And it has, um, 
it's more earth, you know, we've got the earth grounded. So then with Uttara Palguni, someone who's experiencing this nakshatra on the Virgo side, they're going to have some Leo kind of vibration because the ruling planet is the sun Mm -hmm. of this nakshatra. So that's turned up even a little bit more for me because mine sits on the Leo side. So Nutara Palguni Virgo, this would probably, this would be the Virgo person who's like less of the go-getter and more of the homebody because the other symbol is the, um, the front legs of a bed or a cot. So this is someone who kind of like can be really relaxed about getting things done. Like things get done and they happen, but it's like, we're not rushing. It's like anti-hustle culture, like equal parts rest and work. This is also a point of like, each nakshatra has what we call a shakti or a power because it corresponds to the single star in the sky. So then whether you sit with Virgo or Leo, the shakti of Uttara Palguni is the chayana shakti, the power to create wealth through union, marriage, or partnerships. So this would be the person networking, bringing groups together, creating, doing something like creating a festival or bringing group work together. Uh, For me, this manifests in more comfort in front of groups of people. I really enjoy bringing groups of people together to learn about astrology or bringing groups together to meditate. Something we'll also be doing during my Vedic astrology workshop is something that my teacher kind of coined and created herself called she calls it stellar mind programming so yes sounds fancy (laughs) it's very fancy and it's so powerful um she basically we invoke the planets the deities the energies and connect with the placement of the moon that day because these are the lunar mansions so the moon shifts through all of the signs every month but it also moves through each and every nakshatra so you can plan your time like you could plan when to send an email based on the nakshatra that it's in and based on your own birth chart some of the nakshatras will be more powerful or less aligned for you depending on where your own you know natal moon is so then we can lean in I know that my greatest success comes from working with others so if I'm ever fully alone on a task I know that's not necessarily going to be my greatest, you know, wealth producing thing. I find more success, wealth, happiness, joy when I connect with others. And I can connect with that Shakti when the moon is there. We chant the mantras and then engage in a meditative state of calling all of these symbols forward. So each nakshatra has an animal symbol, a ruling planet. And it might be even opposite sometimes of the ruling planet of the sun sign or the zodiac sign. So it gets, there's like layers to to all of this as you dive in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm sure tropical is similar, but I know that the nakshatras are very specific to Jyotish and even sidereal, which is similar to Jyotish, but not necessarily connected to the histories and the stories of the Vedas 
you know, the yeah. Indian pantheon. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that the biggest thing is that a lo- there is a lot of similarities, but Vedic astrology has more intention behind it is what it seems like to me. Like yeah. it's about more of connecting deeply to the full energy other than just looking at this blueprint and being like, this is me. It's also, but how can we become one with the universe and the energy around you? is what it seems like the difference is. And I know a lot of people that practice astrology also include the planets and the zodiac signs within like their practice. But to me, it just seems like Vedic astrology is more of a way to live your life versus tropical astrology, which is more of a forecast of of things, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. And also, I think it's really interesting to note The reason that the tropical astrology kind of, everyone calls it like an estimation, or I've heard, and I know this isn't necessarily the idea, but I've heard the term like fixed sky, because basically the determination was after, I think it was like, just choosing that Aries season is the lunar month, basically after the spring equinox. So then spring equinox happens, boom, we're in Aries season. And it really kind of anchored that zodiac system to the seasons of Earth rather than the fluctuations of the sky, which actually has shifted even in the Vedic tradition. Some of the stars that were given these fixed position and, um, you know, degrees within the sky are not exactly there anymore so there's even other astrology systems that are like let's look at exactly the astronomy and they're taking on new names and um, there's even the astrologies who recognize um Ophicius, the um you know the 13th sign the snake the 13th uh, the 13th sign um i think looking at the sky i think his his uh constellation is like such a small little part I see I can I can see how it could be relevant to someone who has like a strong planetary placement there Um, but it takes up such a small portion of the sky that I'm like well you know there's a lot of other constellations that we may as well have tossed in there yeah (laughs) if we're gonna bring this guy in (laughs) Um, yeah and it's uh it's really up to interpretation and I think a lot of it is leaning into what feels helpful and supportive for the individual. Some people look at their Vedic chart and they're like, oh, no way. Or for some people, their Vedic chart really doesn't shift much at all. Like if you're right in the middle of a sign with your planet placements in the tropical, it's unlikely that your Vedic chart is going to shift very much. I happened to be on these cusps, like my tropical and my Vedic chart look extremely different, except for my Mars. I have Mars and Capricorn in both systems. And that really rings true for me. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. and yeah, looking at the subtle differences and where some things like resonated and didn't, didn't resonate, I also resonate really strongly with the teachings, the morality, and the practices of yoga as a full science and way of life. So for me, it really deeply resonates with something that's already an important part of my practice. So if, you know, the stories of Indian spirituality, or, you know, if your son being in Gemini is just like really your whole thing, I like, it does, 
it doesn't need to be that serious. If you look at your Vedic chart and it shifts, you can still hold on to what feels more true for who you are and what feels more helpful to help you move through the life that you're living. You know? And if anything, it's just an added perspective to some things that may not make sense for you at times. Yeah, totally. I think of it as like, um, it's basically, I joke with my teacher a lot. It's like witchcraft, honestly, the way that we're like, I'm like, we're chanting these mantras and basically casting like ancient spells, yep. <laughs> invoking the presence of these planets and giving them offerings and even until, like anointing myself and moving through. It's like, and a lot of times we talk about it, like balancing the karma. So right now, as we're speaking, um, we have Mercury just recently turned retrograde. Mm -hmm. It appears to be moving backward in the sky. Venus is, has been retrograde. Um, Saturn is also moving retrograde in the sky. And in the Vedic tradition, we understand retrograde more as like, it's not that like things are going wrong. Really, it's the, the planet is becoming more powerful and the energy is being turned inward. So we're seeing like we're living in this culture where a lot of pressure to communicate outward all the time is happening. The power of the planet of communication is being turned up. And a lot of us don't have strong skills for communicating within ourselves as a whole. We were not right. taught this, you know? Yeah. So of course, communication is going to start going wonky because we have a whole world of people who are being asked to turn inward and learn the lessons of where are you failing to communicate with yourself? Where are you not getting curious about the truth? Um, how are you treating and talking to yourself inwardly? And if someone has a negative self view, they might accidentally spew that negative self worth out into the world around them and say things they don't mean, talk out of turn, you know, things get lost because now communication is being turned up. So we're rushing to say something when really the invitation is to be turning more inward and to slow down. Time realignment for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like especially with all of these retrogrades happening, because also if we're if we go past Saturn and we continue on into the outer planets, I believe Neptune is also retrograde right now. And so is Pluto and Chiron as well. So there's, there's just a lot that's, there's like six planets or placements since Chiron is an asteroid in retrograde right now. So I feel like with all of this energy going into Anahata's also, it's going to be such a deep shifting year for the people that attend. Also, because Rachel has 70 facilitators on the docket this year, which is more than she's ever had before. So it offers so many really awesome and inspiring moments through through the the work, the not the workshop, the festival <laughs> as yeah. well. Oh, my God. <laughs> so what Anna, how many Anahatas have you been to? This will be my second Anahatas, actually. So you went um, last year and you just dived in and you were teaching. You didn't even have the Anahata's experience beforehand. <laughs> yeah, that's very much my mode of operations too. I have a long history of like volunteering and working in festival spaces. I also lived nomadically for a lot of my 20s in a band and we would 
show up to festivals early, build the space, book our band for the festival, stay and work at a vendor. Like I'm, I'm very accustomed to showing up to spaces and having something to do. I'm, uh, I've in, been increasingly involved in another local festival that's more music-based, Beardfest. Yes. And Beardfest, yes, and Anahadas are very much sister spaces. So I did teach a shortened version of my emotional alchemy through yoga at Beardfest. And I also serve on the workshops team with Robin Mello at Beardfest. And Robin is performing with her group Eden Spore and also sharing a sound healing meditation. And Jeremy, one of the like co-founders, we're kind of like directly support in of Rachel in Anahadas is one of the co-founders of Beardfest as well. And the idea was kind of born from Beardfest of, wow, these workshops are amazing. What if they were the whole point of why right. we were coming together? And then Rachel brought that little thought baby to Anahadas. And I'm not sure what kept me. I feel like the first few years, I kind of just didn't find out about it until it was too close. And then I happened to be helping Rachel clean up after Beardfest in Uh, I guess, 2022, last year. And I told her about my idea for the costume closet and what I was teaching. And she was like, yes, yes, come to (laughs) Anahadas. And this year, I'm also volunteering on the workshop team. And I'm teaching my two workshops. I'm also going to be participating in the community Kirtan, which is another Indian spiritual, like Hinduism, connecting with the divine through shared singing And I'm excited to be co-leading that with my friend, Jonathan, who is like, Jonathan's like a lifer of Anahadas. So I think he's been there since year one. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. That's so fun. I'm so excited for you. You're so busy. You got so much happening. You're able to really give back while still experiencing the, the retreat, which I think is awesome. So what kind of experiences have you had at Anahata's? Is there anything that sticks out in your mind as like, wow, like this was a moment that that like a, a feeling of a shift even uh, at last year's Anahata's? Hmm. That's I feel like every day there was a powerful shift and moment. Um The second time that I taught my workshop I had a moment I was very surprised by the amount of people who showed up for my somatic self-healing and the second day was even more so people were like I heard about this I had to come and we ended up moving and I had everyone kind of in a circle around like taking in at this point I wasn't even speaking I was kind of witnessing everyone in their freedom to experience and emote and I was seeing people who came in with very like closed off scared kind of body language be presenting very like open and moving around and making these like sounds of freedom and it really brought tears to my eyes I had to like remember like oh you're like facilitating this you know bring (laughs) bring it back in but it was this really beautiful supportive moment and I realized like wow I I really am doing what I was meant to be doing in this world by helping 
people in this way. That's so beautiful. I love that. (laughs) I know that feeling. I am a very emotional person. So (laughs) I I know that moment and that feeling and it's, it's always, Uh... it's, it's beautiful. So I'm, I'm very excited for everything that you're offering this year. I'm so excited that we got to talk a little Vedic astrology. I actually have never looked up my Vedic chart, so I don't even know what we're looking at there. Oh, but <laughs> I thought about that too. I was like, dang, what if I had Teresa's chart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I could give you my info if you want right, to. I am. You don't have Let's, to, but if you want to. <laughs> we can. Let me see. I had, we recently changed my internet at home, so I might iPad isn't actually connected to my internet, but I can pull you up on a website that I use. I actually did this. I've been going live on TikTok recently, and I did a quick mini read on TikTok live for someone, and the same thing happened. I was (laughs) like, oh, let me like get this happening. Oh, take Um, your time. Okay, let's see what we've got. So... Your ascendant, your rising sign is Scorpio in Anuradha in the Vedic, sun in Cancer, moon in Pisces. How does I, I feel like that <laughs> makes a lot more sense because in Western astrology, I'm a Leo sun, which I definitely do per like, you know, uh, present Leo in a lot of ways, uh, Aries moon. And I definitely lack patience in emotion. Uh, and then Sagittarius rising, which I feel like, uh, does also make sense for me because I, I work with Jupiter a lot and I definitely have a very deep connection to Jupiter. So being ruled by Jupiter feels right to me, but having a triple water chart also feels very right to me. <laughs> Because I'm like the most emotional person. But in Western astrology, I also have a Cancer Venus, Cancer Jupiter and Cancer Chiron. So Mm. I feel like there's a lot of emotion there as well. Yeah. So your Venus stays in Cancer in the Vedic in a nakshatra called Punarvasu. Mars in Aries in Barani. So Aries is... Mars sign of rulership so like you've got the strong Mars there and moon in Pisces Pisces is Jupiter rulership in the Vedic so I know it's ruled by Neptune in the tropical but of course we don't have Neptune in the Vedic so you do still have that Jupiter rulership in does it say Jupiter in the tropical no, so yeah, it's, it's Neptune and tropical. Th- yeah, so traditionally it is Jupiter, but modernly it's Neptune. So there's right. the connection to both. Yeah, totally. And you have this great Anuradha is in your lagna. It's so beautiful. Anuradha is like the nakshatra of devotion. Someone who can devote themselves so sweetly. The it's kind of mirroring the Radha Krishna, you know, like Krishna was the invocation of Vishnu, who the avatar of Vishnu, who was very playful and sweet. And he played the flute and he was almost like very asexual, not asexual in a way, like almost like a gender. He presented very like masculine and feminine and just leaned into that divine duality. 
And Radha was like his first most devoted, loving presence. And her devotion to Krishna, she was one of the first to see him for the divinity that he was and was just immediately devoted to, you know, loving him and being with him in these really sweet ways, you know, like bringing offerings of the lotus and offering her own presence and knowing damn well that her own presence was a gift as well. So it wasn't this very subservient. There's a story of Krishna kind of taking too long doing something and like missing the opening dance that Radha shared at this festival. And as soon as he arrived, she left and like made him go find her because she's like, <laughs> how dare you miss this? You know, yeah, um, <laughs> I feel that yeah. in my soul. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's <laughs> it's very a deep devotion to these occult spiritual, you know, Scorpio is still the ruler of the eighth house in this tradition and all of my cancer placements are in my eighth house in in western astrology too wow so these this shifts a bit into the ninth house so you have sun venus jupiter and your south node all in the ninth house in this vedic chart which of course doesn't have to mean so much but it also is indicative of like your own learning for me this being a cancer is like you are learning through emotion learning how to help people through their emotions and also sun being in that space not only is it part of your dharma in this life to learn but also to teach and guide others And I feel like through the teaching is how I learn about myself. Like there are things that I say sometimes and I'm like, oh, okay. Like practice what you preach kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's also sun in Ashlesha. I have this nakshatra as well. This is where my ketu sits in my chart actually. And let me see. Your ketu is in cancer, but it's in Pashyami, which is a different nakshatra obviously but ashlesha one the symbol of ashlesha is a coiled serpent and it's often thought of as the nakshatra that is like symbolizes kundalini awakening or like the awakening of that light and spirit of life so your sun being there it's kind of like that aha moment and let's see i do have especially because I'm terrified of snakes. So it's also like, (laughs) it's, but it, to me, that connection that just made was like being scared of snakes, having this Kundalini connection, but also Mm. my fear of being able to shine at times, you know, like my fear of, of, even though I have this very welcoming presence, I also have a Virgo Mercury and I second guess every single thing in my whole entire life all the time, always. So Right. Oh my I gosh. feel like that is, <sighs> I just find that very interesting because it kind of, to me, like I said, it connects my fear of snakes to my fear of success. I don't know. <laughs> not, maybe mm. not success, but something like that. That does make sense. There's also an uh, aspect of like being able, this can be a really intense nakshatra to have. The deity of the Nagas or the deified serpents. And 
this is also a placement that can show someone who has like a really strong sixth sense, like really strong intuitive abilities that's ruled by Mercury. So there's some Mercury energy here in your sun of like your, the purpose that you shine into the life, your sun energy is very much learning and teaching. And this has a Shakti that's really interesting. It is the Vishashlesa Shakti or the power to inflict with poisonous venom. So there's like no messing around with these placements. Like there's almost even an, a, a feeling sometimes of like people who try to do wrong to you, like even without it's, and it's not that you're a mean hearted person. I mean, sometimes this can be true if it's out of balance, but it's almost like you are so protected that if people try to like cross you stuff just like suddenly happens to them. And it's like, Whoa, what? Like, Oh, well you tried to get to Teresa and like you got bit, you know, like it's yeah. just, it's kind of part of your spirit team and, and protection. So the focus here is that there is a balance in the scales of creation. So in Vedic literature and philosophy we have the trimurti modes of creation we have brahma creator vishnu preserver and shiva the destroyer and without all three operating in balance we wouldn't have the world existing the way it is in order for new things to be created we must also embrace the energy of destruction and then in between things are being preserved for the moment of time that makes sense for them and then they fall away when it's their time so that new things can be created in that wake. So you have this power of destruction. It's beautiful. It's magnetic. People are really seduced by your ability to like break things down. And it leads to that transformation, that alchemy. How can we alchemize things if we're not willing to allow them to be broken down? Yeah. Right. How can we get to that joy and peace if we're not willing to let go of the guilt, shame, and sadness? We have to let them go into the fire to be alchemized into this new, different thing that we are walking towards. Wow. Yeah. Mind blown. (laughs) You know, and it's so funny because I've been telling people lately, like, I just need somebody to tell me about myself. Like I'm in this place of like, (laughs) I just need to be told, like, you know what I mean? And you got me, you got me good. Mm. (laughs) And that's not even the full 60 minute reading. Yeah, Um, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. These things we can go in and in and in, and then we can find... Um, we can look at your soul planet, your, uh, you know, soul mate planet, all of these things. There, there are so many questions that can be answered through, I'm sure, all the modes of astrology. And, oh, it's just so lovely. I also ending. feel like, yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the great way, it's never ending. Yeah. I always say, because I love Shrek, so I'm always like, astrology is like an onion. It's just what it is. You just keep feeling yeah, away. It's true. <laughs> and we just keep learning more, discovering more. And once we have one layer of self-awareness and discovery, like ironed out, there's a whole other layer to dive into, understand and chop up for the skillet. You know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. 
Well, thank you so much uh, for coming on. I really appreciate all of your knowledge, your information. We're, I'm so excited for Anahata's. I cannot wait to see you there. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to share with us? Is there anything that you would like to plug your social media? Any? I know you're also a yoga teacher. So if you want to plug your classes, your work, like your readings, whatever you got, please go right ahead. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. So currently the best way to get in contact with me is at Leslie underscore says on Instagram, uh, Leslie, L-E-Z-L-E-E underscore S-A-Y-S. I teach public yoga asana classes on Mondays at Lavender Koi Yoga in Berlin, New Jersey, and they are also live streams. So anyone anywhere can sign up and live stream via Zoom at home. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to completing my certification and we can do some one-on-one yoga therapy work. So definitely stay tuned. And when you see me at Anahata's, I'll have my business cards and I'll even, maybe I can follow up and email you some other contact information to plug into the episode. Yeah, absolutely. You guys could check the show notes for all of that info. And uh, thanks again, Leslie. Yes. Thank you, Teresa. Om Shanti. Thank you for listening to this episode of Two Geminis and a Leo. If you enjoyed it, we would love to see you over on our social media. We have an Instagram at Two Geminis and a Leo. We are on Facebook also at the same handle, Two Geminis and a Leo. And you can shoot us an email at Two Gemini, One Leo. At-